Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey, and happy Friday, January 5, 2023. I'm looking at the clock and the thing because we're actually recording this on Thursday, 2.37 p.m. Uh, the afternoon before. So we've got Nathan French standing by. It's going to be a great show with Nathan as always. Uh, lots of faith building when Nathan comes on and excitement to hear about all the things God's doing. But anyway, welcome to Elijah Streams. Uh, so let's see, before we bring Nathan on, I just really have two announcements. Uh, Johnny Enno will be back with us on Monday. So we ran with him uh, actually today, Thursday. Uh, then we have Nathan actually tomorrow, Friday. <laughs> Sorry to confuse you. And then he'll be back Monday. So we just have one day in between. So we're, we're a double portion of, uh, of Johnny. We're actually getting him the same amount of time each week, but we ran those back to back almost. So it's going to be great. All right. Uh, without further delay, here's a great uh, well spot where where uh, pastor in Uganda is talking about uh, the drilling of the well. So here we go. By giving towards clean water in Uganda, you are impacting thousands of lives. Praise the Lord. I'm so happy. I've been blessed. As a pastor, I've spent 34 years on this village. When I got saved, God touched me and told me to preach the word of God through action. I've been teaching water for old people, for the elderly. I wanted to make sure that they get water. There's been a lot of suffering. They've been fetching water from very far places and the water has been bad. But today, we have seen God. I thank God and I thank you, people. God bless you. Together, we can continue to bring clean water to the people in Uganda, Africa. Donate online at ElijahStreams.com slash donate. Or mail a check today to Elijah Streams, 525 2nd Avenue, Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. Great spot. Love that so much. I've got the donate link right here below, and, and you can mail a check to the, the address right there, too. We also put that on the end as well. So... Thank you so much for your generous giving. We appreciate it very much. All right, time to bring in Nathan French. So here we go with Nathan. Mr. Nathan French, how are you doing? Are you are you up hey. in the Seattle, Seattle area still? Yeah, I'm actually I'm at home today. Oh wow. We never get yeah. you at home. This may be one uh, of the first first. It, it's 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 rare, isn't it? I've been traveling quite a bit in uh I was just at the ocean yesterday doing some work on the building and contractors kind of coming and going and uh, we're getting ready to turn the heat on and that's just really going to help so we can begin to prepare to occupy uh, that new uh, school uh, down in Ocean City by Ocean oh, Shores. Oh, really? That one? Oh, excellent. Yeah, February. You guys helped us with it and I'll tell you yeah, what, yeah. Steve, what a big difference. Nice. I mean, I couldn't remember. I mean, I know you had the tent meeting. And I don't remember if we contributed to the tent or the school or what it was that we contributed. Well, to. it was it was for Awaken the Planet, but that is kind of like our 
it's our Awaken the Planet headquarters right now, and we're just fixing it up so that we can occupy and we're building out some of those office uh, office areas. And uh, we'll be able to do a lot in that building as far as like kingdom events for Washington State and even the nations. I and mean, we, we put up a big revival tent in the middle of the lawn. Uh, yeah. You saw that during the summer. And then, of course, we took down the tent that God provided uh, you know, we took it down just because the weather changed, but uh, come spring and summer, we'll put it back up and we'll have like daily, you know, prayer and it'll just be incredible. So the city has really started to come alive. A guy really? reached out to me this morning um, when we send out street teams and it was so cool. Uh, uh, several of the young people that came to the tent, they just got lit up and uh, they said, let's go out and get something to eat. So they went to a place and all the uh, restaurants were closed. The only thing that was open was a bar. And so they went into the bar and uh, and they tried to, you know, order up some food. And there was this bouncer guy at the door that was like a guitar player uh, anyway. And uh, they led him to Jesus. The guy was a backslidden believer that wasn't living for God. He was really living a real tough, rough life, rock and roll and drinking and partying every night. He was kind of a mess, actually. And he wow. just like. He just received the love of God and they said, I don't have you ever been filled with the spirit of God? And they lit up the bar for Jesus. That guy got um, to where he just started weeping and they laid hands on him and the power of God came upon him. And, you know, he showed up the next day at the tent uh, and his, his, he was just like, it was like he was a changed person, just like God touched him radically and lit him up. And just he is just so repentant. And he came in front and testified that really? he was at the bar working, doing bouncing and playing rock and roll music. And these young guys came in and started talking about the gospel and bringing Jesus. And he goes, man, I just felt like God was saying, this is your moment. And he said, I just said yes to them. And I, they let him pray for me. And I got filled with the spirit. And he goes, and I'll tell you what, I had no interest in going back to a church. I was hurt by religion. I just said, that's not for me. And so I went all the way doing the other stuff. And I, I, I've been miserable. And he goes, but I'm here to tell you today, I'm going to walk with God. And the wow. whole crowd just came alive. <laughs> and how, what age range was this guy? Well, oh. I'd say, I would say he's probably 30s, early 30s. Okay, so still pretty young guy. Um, yeah. Wow. I yeah. Mean, so these guys just, they were so excited. I mean, we had so many stories, you know, just people you know, coming and getting I can't touched even by the imagine Lord. a higher high than what um, incurable evangelists like you are and others <laughs> uh, are when you get to do this. You know, it's like, I don't, it's not a natural gift of mine. I have to work really hard to, because I tend to, when I'm in a big public thing, I'm not looking for a place people to talk to i'm looking for the for a place to rest and take it easy i'm just i'm not saying i won't evangelize i'm just saying it's not natural in me yeah yet, i mean uh but I, I every time i hear such stories it becomes a little closer to natural because i'm thinking how could you not if this was there right so yeah I, absolutely it's it's sometimes you just have to get touched by the flame yeah. And, the, you know, you, you know, so many people are taught to just kind of do good things. And but man, without the baptism of the fire and the Holy yeah. Spirit um, causing us to be, you know, bold, you know, it's like, you know, you're righteous and you become bold because, you know, you're right with God. And when you know you're right with God, there's a kind of boldness that comes on you yeah. where you'll see fear as an invitation to overcome. Oh, and so really? when, when, when I get afraid, 
I know the enemy is the one who puts fear that's not reverential fear from God. If the enemy tries to put a fear, uh, then I know I'm on the right track and that I ought to do the thing I'm scared of. And that trains the spirit of fear that God didn't give us to not to not mess with you. It, it will leave you alone if you'll face really? fear and you train fear that it's not going to stop you. In fact, it, it motivates me if I ever feel afraid. And I know it's not the the reverential fear of the Lord where wisdom begins. Yeah. Then I naturally desire to do the very thing I'm scared of doing, and that keeps me on track with the will of God. Because you know the fire is meant to come to burn up the chaff. The chaff would be like what resists God. You know, the, leaning on our our own understanding can can be like that. And so it's like God says, "Here, here, let me light you up," and you encounter Him. It's when you encounter Him you That's get a so flame. Good. And then all of a sudden, that flame is what causes you to break past the fear of man. You know, it's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Who's the fourth one? We only put in three. And they turned up the heat. Nebuchadnezzar, what was it? Seven times hotter. But what burned in those boys was hotter and brighter and stronger than what opposed them. And so they were able to stand in there, even dancing and celebrating in the midst of the flame. And because God's there in them and with them. And so they weren't even smelling like smoke. And that's really, I think that's the gift that God gives us when he imparts his fire upon our bodies being presented to him as a living sacrifice. And then all of a sudden now you don't care what people think. You're not worried about the opinions of men. So the fear of man, that's a snare that can't get you, can't stop you, can't, can't postpone uh, your, your walking with God or you're moving out in faith. So you know, I, whenever I feel that, I want to ask you about this uh, fear because I'm listening to every word you're saying, and I was pondering the 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 actual thing about fear this morning, not having to do with this conversation, and I'm th- and I'm thinking, is it? It seems to be true, even though no one really teaches this, but it's almost a truth that fear is a disobedient thing to not to be tempted with, but to grab hold of and say, oh man, I'm scared. It's almost like disobedient because Jesus kept saying, fear not, fear not, fear not. And then Paul comes along and says, uh, I mean, is there a certain amount of that where if we realize that we're being disobedient to nurse fear or what what would you say about that? Well, I I think it's it's not a sin to to experience fear or to have thoughts of fear. Um, Where it's a sin is when we let fear prevent us from obeying God. So it's only saying if you don't respond to what God's asking you to do. So what I do is I just constantly remind myself I'm so loved. God loves me. He's not looking for what's wrong with me. He's not critically minded. He's not looking at, you know, like most, most of us, if we're not receiving fully the love of God, yeah. Um, and, and, and if we're not really receiving it, like we're meant to receive it, we're meant to stay in an awareness that God is present with us. And when I picture Jesus, I see him smiling. I'm not seeing him with a big stick. And some people, because they've been damaged by the view that religiosity brings, they have a hard time seeing Jesus with a smile. But I I oftentimes will talk with the Lord and I'm asking questions and he's, I can tell he's super pleased with the fact that I'm asking questions. And my questions are coming out of my desire to to be led. Can you think of an example, either make one up or or give me a one, a real one where you're asking him questions? And yeah. Okay, like today. 
today, as an example, I was on my way here for this interview and I had some chores and some things I had to do. And so I was in traffic and I noticed um, a, a car came out from the left side and ran through the intersection and slammed into another car that oh, was stopped there underneath Whoa. the. And um, so there was this major collision, just crash, right? And then I'm just like, wow. And then I started thinking about our light turned green and then that happened. So then I thought, okay, my brother and I were together and, and I thought, okay, so that person just totally didn't stop. They, that person's just playing out. They didn't even break. There was no, it was just slam. And I thought, okay, so that means that that person that was following the person that was in front of them uh, was actually watching um, the light instead of the car in front of them. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So there's a revelation here. And I started thinking about what God was showing me. And he said, Nathan, because, because, and my, my brother noticed it too. He said, yeah, but see, that person was looking at the light and the person wasn't looking at the car in front of them. I'm like, exactly. And I thought the, the profoundness of that is if you look to the light in front and that light is turning yellow, and you decide to yourself, that's a yellow light. Yellow doesn't mean stop. It means to prepare to slow down if you're not close enough to make it through. Right. Okay. So, so I, I thought that was profound because the person who stopped on a yellow didn't actually follow the instruction. The person who stopped was acting like the yellow was a red. But the but the red it, it wasn't red so so it, so the, the the moral of the story is <laughs> you have to you have to follow the leader it, Jesus said follow or Paul said follow me as I follow Christ in other words if I'm doing something that's like Jesus do that but if I'm yeah. doing something that does isn't like Jesus don't do that and so some people are like follow me but if they follow a, a flawed human and then they fall. Then they run into the back of them or they crash yeah. because they're putting all their faith in a human when they should be putting their faith in Jesus. So the revelation that God gave me was if people are watching the indicators and they stay sensitive in the spirit, green means go. Uh, yellow means, you know, be cautious as you're going. Stop actually means quit doing that. Right. So it's like yeah. God saying, watch me. And not the not the people so much, because if we're looking to, to the Lord, he said, seek first the kingdom. And of course, he's the king of the domain. So place of dominion or, or, or authority. So anyway, I was seeing this and I'm like, oh, my gosh, the crash could have easily been avoided. If that person was watching the car in front of them, then there would have been indicator that that person was stopping and there would have been no crash. But that person looked beyond where they should have been. So so they looked at the light. And they were going to keep going as long as there wasn't a car there. They would have made it through safely, but because yeah. there was an obstruction, they were focused on something else. And so I felt like God said, in, in this season, avoid distraction, but be sensitive to the indicators. If God yeah. says proceed, then it will be dangerous to stop. And it's not just dangerous for you; it's dangerous for anybody following you. If the Lord says continue. It's for our own good. If if he says slow down, like uh, yellow would be like that, and not not to say it's all about just you know ready set go or or yeah. or green yellow red, but but it is about 
paying attention to those indicators and building a sensitivity um, where you're full of God, you you intensely go after him and let his glory kind of guide you so you can come above and not beneath and you start to see the way he sees and flow with him. And uh, that's the best way to grow in faith yeah. is just to flow with him. Really good. Really, really good, Nathan. Well, I've got a list of things and we don't always follow it exactly. But let me just let me just uh, start with the one at the top where you, you you've got we we titled it the shaking. What's God telling you about the time? Either the week we're in, the month we're in, the year we're in, and what's our what's our uh, posture supposed to be with with what you're seeing? Yeah, the shaking. Well, shaking, I mean, yeah. you can see it. You could see it in the in the world, in the news, in the media. I don't watch a lot of news, but I do watch some, and there's certain yeah. people I enjoy listening to. You know, you start seeing how God is actually bringing justice. You know, yeah. um, the the levels of attacks uh, spiritually and even, you know, what you can see in the natural um, by those appointed by God to hold office, um, whether we're talking political or, you know, whatever mountain somebody's assigned to education, you know, you see um, you see the, everything being shaken. Uh, I remember yeah. the Lord several years ago, I was writing my first book. It was like 2012. Uh, I heard the Lord say, everything that needs to be shaken will be shaken so that only unshakable things will remain. Yeah. And it re and I thought about that. I was like, okay, so he's basically going to shake whatever's not him. He's shaking the church. And people would call that the the mountain of religion. I don't think the church should be religious, but the idea is he's shaking things that are not built on the right foundation. Now, some some leaders are actually uh, being told by God to change posts. You know, there's a shift that's coming for leaders where they'll be reassigned uh, to flow in a different grace. Maybe somebody's pastoring that's supposed to be winning souls on a mass scale. So he, oh, he shifts them out to move them into more like moving from a pastor role to an evangelist role. Um, there's prophets that are being um, I, I believe that prophets are chosen by God that people don't choose to be, become a prophet. So a prophet versus a prophetic people, um, you know, there's there's people who are prophetic, but they'll never be prophets. But there are prophets that God is is bringing to the forefront of the battlefield in the spirit realm where yeah. because of the posture of their heart and because of the grace that God called them to operate in, he's got to move them out of their current capacity to prepare to use them in a higher capacity. So he, everybody goes through a series of tests and it's those tests that actually give you the ability to graduate. So you want the test. Like some people are, they don't like testing. They don't like it. It feels like, you know, what's God doing here, but no, it's, it, he's not tempting us, but he's testing us because there's always a test before a graduation. So I would say if somebody feels tested or they're struggling right now, like, where do I fit? But there's this reestablishment of the fivefold ministry. It's so yeah. important that we operate as fivefold ministers of the gospel. We're not the same. Uh, it, you know, this is where we, we saw a schism in the body of Christ a short time ago. You remember um, where people were blasting a certain individual because they weren't like that. So if, if I'm a person who maybe sees and I'm looking into the spirit realm and I'm seeing what's going on, or maybe I'm having heaven encounters and, and somebody else is not then the tendency would be for that person who's not experiencing that 
to say that's not real and this person's off. Oh, I see. And the reality is, is we're all different. So, Steve, you might be, uh, you know, really anointed to bring teaching and to facilitate strategy uh, on the earth as a king, as a priest. Whereas somebody else, they're called to, you know, prophetically just prophesy yeah. and flow. And they don't ever make a plan about what to say because they just love God and trust God. And they know their assignment is to speak right out of the spirit where they're not yeah. trying to think or lean on their own standing. But there's things taking shape as those people yeah, flow people in that. Critical, uh, with this, you know, what you're describing, we would sometimes say, well, that's right brain activity you live in the right brain or i might more teaching so i'm a little more left brain thanks for listening the elijah streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner go to elijahstreams.com slash give <laughs> uh, i mean i think there's a little bit of validity to that but really the what supersedes the left and right is the gifting of god yeah so, it's the gifting uh, of god because he yeah. might wire he wires us different for a purpose yeah. like you know does the hand say to the foot i mean the whole idea is you function in your role and sometimes God will shift or adjust your role. Yeah. Um, you know, he wanted me to understand how to help pastors. Well, I can't help pastors if I don't know their pain. So he puts me in the pastorate. We just celebrated 12 years, wow. uh, you know, as a church, as a, as a revival center. Um, but as a hub, you know, uh, the Lord said, um, things are going to be different. And he told me to tell everybody at our church that we're taking the month of January off to fast and pray and seek his will. And the Lord showed me some things I can't talk about, but there are some things I can say. And that is um, that he showed me things are going to be different. And several people are prophesying like this, like a locomotive train that it will never be stopped and that there's all this momentum. And the thing that God's about to do is like way beyond what we've ever seen. So we all are expectant. We're hungry. But we're taking time to rest because we feel like we're about to get super busy and we're excited about that. And so pastoring yeah. has not been what I've wanted to do. I have pastored for 12 years. So I see myself stepping back more, uh, putting leaders in position where they can rotate the pulpit and continue. And we're looking at another building facility in North Tacoma where we can do our Awaken the Planet events because we do spend a lot of money renting large facilities to do our yeah. annual events. And the Lord said, be prepared prepared in the new year um, to have quarterly events. So we're going to start doing Awaken the Planet quarterly, and well, it'll be all about unity in the community well, well, for, and all that. For some reason, I feel inclined to ask you this question, and I don't know why yeah. Why won't this leave me, but it, it won't leave me. So I'm going to ask okay. you, everything, yeah. almost everything, 99.99% of the words are talking about what God is doing and, and promoting, you talked about, test before the graduation everything yeah. is unto larger and larger venues groups crowds uh promotions but does god ever promote someone into a small thing from a big thing and i believe like, he does i believe he does that for a minute because i feel okay. like i'm supposed to hit that today yeah the reason i think the reason that that's important what you just said is because there are people who have had mega churches yeah. and they realized that they were super busy fueling the machine and they felt like it really wasn't what God wanted anymore. Um, I can think of a few of those people that are well-known people, some of them I know personally, and they just said to me, um, you know, what God showed me was we've kind of missed it to build this big giant thing and to kind of miss that intimate uh, divine connection where the body is actually building the body where the, you know, if it's just one guy with a microphone, you can only make so much impact. Really, yeah. you need the, 
you need everyone to see that they're ministers of the gospel, That's that good. they can hear God for themselves, that they can move in the power, uh, that they can train up and equip and disciple and make disciples who make disciples. So if you create a culture where people can still stay close and be a family, I mean, a lot of times people just want to get close to the leader, but in the corporate world, you know, you can't get close to the leader because the leader is just one person. And a lot of times, you know, these people get frustrated because they're not able to be kind of in the click of the upper yeah, management or the leadership thing. of a church. And then they feel like they're not worth anything. And the reality is if you get in the small group, I mean, you can actually have powerful connection, meaningful, lasting relationship. That's um, as long as you're not trying to, you know, you know, so, so yeah, sometimes God will say less is more. You know, some people have home churches that are way more anointed than big corporate structures that are full of thousands of people where it's real surface. So yeah. it just depends on, you know, what God is asking us That's to That's interesting. In the early 90s, I think more than any other time, and also the mid-80s, we were in home groups. Home groups was more a thing in the mid-80s to the mid-90s. Um, and e even to this day, when I've had some really, belong to some very special groups and churches, the ones that I have the best memories of, the most growth in, the most explosion of my gifts in, was when we found a home group, committed to it, went once a week. And we weren't going, generally speaking, to hear have one person give the word. Like you do when you go to church, many times you're looking for the pastor or guest speaker to give the word. And that's all good. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's anything, I'm not saying that's less than. Yeah. But I'm saying when I look back and think, where did my great meaning come from? It wasn't those times where I left the big church saying, that was a great word. It was more the times when I was in a home group. And again, I wasn't planning on sharing this either, but, but where it got really, really special um, and anointed. And we started asking people who had never prophesied to prophesy, which was my training, by the way. When I went to uh, Christian International and I went to the Advanced Prophetic Training in 1994, and they began to give us some feedback, and this is what we're going to go with this. And the, now dividing groups, and here's how you divide it. All right, everybody in your group speak in tongues. And there might be 100 people doing this at the same time, but groups would be 10, 15 people in a group. And they'd say, all right, now look to the person to your right or to your left and prophesy to them. What? Prophesy to them. I mean, it was like that, and they threw us in like, like into the lion's den. <laughs> And they began to train us to prophesy. That's where I learned how to do it. And to to this day, that's my highest and best gift. Not like in a public venue like this. This is public. But yeah. in a one-on-one, -on -one, in a little home group, I'm prophesying over someone. Personal. You know, and so anyway, I was... Again, Amen. I wasn't playing on any of that today, but maybe some. Well, that was Steve. That was really good. I mean, you're. I can see you're even learning to flow more. I mean, you know, yeah. just I can see your gift growing. You know, from yeah. the time we met and for, I just feel like God's doing a mighty work. And then I called, I think it was, what was it? A few days ago or last week when I, I saw you getting a new, an, a new a building. Did you oh, remember yeah, that? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, I, I can't even, did I already tell you we're getting a building? I can't remember. Well, you, you, after I gave you that word, uh, you and said, said uh, we were, and I'm not ready to announce where it is or anything. Yeah. Like you that. don't have to say anything. I just thought yeah. it was great because it just shows it just shows that God is releasing um, resources right now. He's releasing yeah. facilities, ministry centers. Uh, what he showed me this year, 2024, not only is an open door for people to advance, but I saw the religious institutional churches being what gets shaken. 
And I saw yeah. the people trying to figure out where do I go? Like this, our church isn't even going to be a church anymore. And, you know, there's churches that are, they're doing it right that God wants them to transition into something new. Then yeah. there's churches that are doing it completely religiously and wrong where people are being hurt. Uh, they're not being taught right. Uh, people who are in unbelief are in leadership. Maybe they went to seminary um, and they learned how to lose their faith and they call it cemetery. I'm not yeah. against education, but if that education is, is wrong, then you could easily screw up your faith. And yeah. you got a whole bunch of people in high positions that are literally teaching heresy. And then they're calling the people who move in the gifts and operate in the flow of the Holy Ghost. They're calling them the heretics. Yeah, so you got the enemy, crazy. you know, trying to discredit the, the reality of the original. And then you got the counterfeit calling the original the counterfeit. So it's kind of a goofy thing that's going on. But it is. Oh, it is it's, and it's, you know, it's also interesting that that I'm talking about home groups while I'm 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 not announcing where this is, but we're acquiring a building where we're going to have regional conferences. Uh, we used to have them, and then during the COVID thing, I, well, I'm not ready to announce where it is, but we have a build a big building that we're going to be able to have these regional conferences again, and Ooh. so we'll announce that within a week or two when when it seems more time to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so it, it, what I'm saying about home group, it's fascinating to me why God is highlighting both of those things. He said, yeah. get this bigger place where you can meet with the crowds. And by the way, talk about home groups. You know, yeah. uh, interesting, isn't it? It's a big deal because you're not going to maybe be transparent with, you know, 3,000 people about your struggle. But in a home group, in a small group, I mean, Jesus gathered 12. There's a reason for that. Yeah. He, he wanted it to be small, to be intimate. Um, it didn't mean that he couldn't do something bigger because he had 3,000, 5,000, 7,000, and 12,000. So if you look at the crowds and the numbers and all this, plus they didn't count women and children, um, you know, so back then, because that was kind of their culture. But, you know, you yeah. think about how Jesus, um, his whole plan was to demonstrate. I mean, there are so many people teaching. But yeah. there wasn't a lot of people demonstrating. So 2024 will be a time where there will be a lot of demonstration. And people oh, who are man. not demonstrating the reality of the kingdom being at hand are literally going to either have to be disciplined, adjusted, or removed. So they'll either yeah. be disciplined, adjusted, or removed. If they're not willing to start flowing with the Holy Ghost and letting Jesus have back his own party, um, then what they're doing is they're saying, God, step off. I'm going to take control. And then they have Ichabod, which is glory departed. So the last thing we want in our churches in the world uh, is for them to be like the world or to to try to uh, just appeal to the masses to, to amass a bigger crowd. It's never been about the size of the crowd, but yet pastors still today will get together and they'll hang out and they'll ask each other, how many head are you running like we're herding cows? It's not supposed to be that. It's supposed to be like not our success should never be measured by how many butts we have in our seats because anybody so could put a million dollars into a marketing campaign and fill a stadium. The reality yeah. is it's not about how many people show up. It's the yeah. kind of impact that can be measured by only the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so good. Oh, by the way, I'll say this because even though I haven't not making the announcement yet, the building that we're going to get, and people, yeah. We're not getting this in order to have Sunday services. We're not. We're not a church. We're not yeah. becoming a church. We're becoming a, a place where prophetic regional meetings can be held. So um, that is. I'm so glad. It just kind of hit me just now. This that's second, so that good, Steve. That's I feel I the same way. Over. You feel the same way? Yeah. I feel the same way. And there's going to be other 
people that will follow suit with this type of model because yeah. we can have some regional events that are absolutely impactful that bring heaven to earth and that can actually help shift the direction of all yeah. the churches the lord showed me nathan you're not you're not to continue being a local church pastor because i'm moving you forward in my kingdom i'm graduating you out of That's leading true. in the pastor pastorate and so you can announce that so i did announce that but i mean as far as what the church is going to do in february we're planning to you know put a pastor in place and then have um you know one of these facilities that, that we're gonna we're looking at two facilities in north tacoma right now i believe one of them will open up and i can't wait to tell you about that because it's gonna be amazing <laughs> yeah well you know if there's i've never met anyone that had more faith i don't think than you i mean you speak stuff you go and do i mean i can't even you're you're actually a living uh, epistle to me where I, I watch what you do and sometimes I emulate it by going well he did that I can have faith to do this then I mean it's just oh like yeah faith needs <laughs> more faith but well, let's jump Amen. on here you had a big word uh, yeah. about open doors now people are sharing about open doors I think all the people we have coming on are going to talk about open doors yeah oh wow I didn't know that well. I mean um Dutch Sheets is saying it. Who just shared it? Johnny Enlow shared about four open doors. Yours says about open doors. You got this wow. on December 29. You didn't know that. Bobby no. Connor. Thank you, Julie. Julie typed in Bobby Connor. Yeah. Uh, I've wow. I didn't know that. I haven't been listening to everybody. Yeah, well, you know, and that I that I, that makes sense because I know you. You get your revelation straight from the Lord, not from somebody else. But there are so many people getting open doors. This is an advancing season starting in 2024 uh so talk about whatever it is god showed you on the 29th of december well okay so let me touch on this open door revelation because one of the things that the lord showed me is people are frustrated many people are frustrated because they want a door to open that's not yet open and i want to encourage people if you're frustrated because a door is not opening and you feel like your job is to kick it in uh, you're, you're not meant to kick the door open. God's just going to open it. If it's not open, you you know, there's a scripture where it said, behold, there's a door open before you. You know, God is, he's the one who will open the door. You don't That's want, right. remember he said, I'll open doors that no man can shut. And yes. I'll shut doors that no man can open. If the door is shut, instead of being like some people want to be strong and persistent, they got a warrior spirit and they're like, I'm tearing down the door. But you don't want to walk through the wrong door. You don't no. want to waste your calling, your destiny, your purpose in God, uh, you know, doing the wrong thing either. And so you ask God, well, what is it you want me to do next? And man, I've found if I just hear the word of the Lord and learn to hear God above everything else, learn to hear his voice. Because if you hear his voice, nobody can tell you it's not God. Nobody's going to. I mean, yeah. I've often seen where people who don't hear God are advising people who do. It makes no sense. Like <laughs> if you're going to get advice, get advice from somebody who's tried and true, who actually has the ear of the Lord or, or who is speaking what God is saying and not just what sounds good. Because there's a lot of intellectuals that are overcomplicating the simplicity of the profoundness of what happens when you hear and obey. So it's fun to just sit with God and listen, come to him like a child, ask him a question to engage him, and then make sure you're in a quiet place where you're not distracted. You know, turn your phone off at certain times of the day. Uh, maybe it's early morning, maybe it's 
before your house wakes up. You know, uh, for me, he's been getting me up at 4 a.m., 3 a.m., wow. 5 a.m. I've been trying to keep up with my promise to give personal prophetic words to all of our new partners. I didn't expect so many, Steve, to be honest. I wasn't expecting that. All of a sudden, like I'm, I'm spending three, four hours a day sometimes just trying to give out personal prophetic words because I don't wow. want to send a generic word to a person yeah. and tell them that they're going to be in a new season and that they have two legs and two arms. I would rather <laughs> just say, <laughs> I, would rather, I would rather ask God, what do you want to say to me about yeah. this one? And it takes time. But here's, here's what I believe. God is shaking the things that need to be shaken. And he's literally opening the doors so people don't have to try to force them in. And, and he's helping people not walk through the wrong door. And you don't want to walk through the wrong door, just like you don't want to kick a door open that's not meant to be open because he shut it. If he shut it, then then look for the open one and simply walk through it. And I'll just say this on that point, and I've said this on the air a few times. This is a true story. Virtually everything that I've ever tried to do hard and persistent, and I'm going to do this, failed. But when I stumbled into something where there was an open door and I paid attention to it and I thought, well, God seems to have opened this and I go with that. I mean, I, I'm tra- tracking with God and maybe I'm not hearing as good as Nathan French is, but there's an open door. That's how the Elijah list was born. That's how Elijah's dreams were born. The Elijah list started against my will. I wasn't trying to start a ministry <laughs> or a list. It was called, <laughs> I still, I did do this list for 30 people. It was friends of mine in 1997 I thought, I'm going to put some nice words out because I see some bad words. And it was the beginning of people starting a list. And I thought, well, I, so I put 30 people from my local church. That's all I ever wanted to do. I had no, no goal to do anything more than that. And I sent a, a, an email out to 30 people. The next day I got an email back that said, subscribe, please. And then it went pop, 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 fizz, fizz, more and more. And they kept going until a couple, three years later, we have 300,000 subscribers at our Zenith, it's a little down from that now, uh, it just pushed. And then when they tried to get me to go on Elijah streams, I said, I kicked against it. I said, nobody wants to hear from me. They want to hear from the prophets. Steve, you should do it. My staff kept saying, Steve, they do need to hear from you. I said, nobody needs to hear from me. I finally relented against my will because it was an open door and everyone that I trusted said, you should do this. And that I'm just telling people that maybe you don't hear that sharply from the Lord. Take it from me. That's a pretty sharp way to hear the Lord when you listen to the, the counsel of two or three people who are hearing from the Lord tell you what you should be doing. That might be the closest thing you've ever heard to God's voice on a given day at a given moment. So anyway, Elijah streams happened exactly the same. I just wanted to throw that in there. But Amen. Know. Amen. And just knowing, Steve, sometimes if you just know the ways of God, yeah, then it's easy for you to flow with him. Like when I asked the Lord, remember when I told the story about how I asked the Lord for heavy equipment so I could help to develop some property yeah. because I want to do some mass crusade evangelism. So I thought either the money has to come one way or I'm going to create the resource so that I can go do it. And I'm, I'm believing for 100 million souls. They're not going to win themselves. And I'm just like, God, I'm ready. I want to do mass crusade evangelism because I'm called to this and I know you want me to do it. So I'm going to just uh, do the next thing. So show me, you know. And so anyway, but I did ask for heavy equipment. I was in the mountains. My phone rang and this guy calls and he's like, hey, Nathan, he goes, um, you know, I bought you some uh, some some equipment. 
And I said, oh, really? I said, well, what, what did you buy me? He said, well, I bought you uh, uh, two excavators and a bulldozer. And I'm <laughs> like, you bought me two excavators and a bulldozer? He goes, yeah. And he goes, it's for your your property. It's for your project. So you can, uh, you know, work wow. your ground he and prepare. No he, he yeah, so, had he heard you say this? Well, I, I don't know if he heard one of my posts. Uh, he didn't say, uh, but he just said, hey, uh, you know, um, wow. I got you these two excavators and a bulldozer. And I said, well, what do I need to do to to, to get them? He says, well, you just need to go over and, and pick them up. And I'm like, uh, pick them <laughs> up? He's like, yeah, you need to hire a, a, a truck driver. It would be an oversized load because they're huge. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. And he goes, and then, I mean, one of the, you know, the bulldozer blade on just yeah. the bulldozer. These are caterpillars. These are huge, heavy equipment. And, and I'm just like, oh my goodness. I'm like, I, I'm standing there looking at this bulldozer and the blade's 13 feet wide. It's as long as my Suburban. And I'm just like, this thing, just the blade. And, and I'm just like, this thing would move a mountain. I was kind of laughing with God. Like he wants us to have faith that moves mountains, right? And I'm like, man, I don't even know if I need the faith to move a mountain. I just use this thing and I'll just move the mountain. But anyway, but God laughed, you know, because obviously, you know, that's, it's amazing because I've learned to specifically ask and then he does it. I, I think everything that I ask for, he he does. Why I, you, I don't, Nathan, stop. Hold that for a minute. Yeah. I know a lot of people who ask for a lot of specifics but don't have the number of stories. Now, obviously, I haven't heard all, all their stories. Why does God do that with you so uh, often? What, okay, what? I, think, I think I know why. Okay. The Lord said, Nathan, the reason that I answer your prayer like I do is because when I ask you to do what I ask you, you do. And so I believe that's the secret, Steve. People wow. overcomplicate it. They get into the reason and they justify with logic and they're not even in the creative flow of childlike wonder. Me, I'm fully persuaded he's good, that his plans are made. So if it's already decided, why do I want to screw up a good plan doing it my way? And so if he's got it all figured out as the person last, the beginning and the end, the one who starts with the end in mind, then it's probably a good idea to just yield to him. So I just go, okay, God, what do you want to do? And he says, go here, do this here. No, not yet. Wait. And it's for your own good. If, if it's a yellow light, I don't want to, I don't want to like, um, you know, I don't want to treat it like a red and I don't want to treat it like a green, you know? So if he's saying, you know, slow down, it's for my own good. If he says speed up, it's because he doesn't want me to be stuck. You know, if he says uh, stop, then, you know, I've learned that that's a good idea. So, so I, I think it's because he said, there's nothing I wouldn't do for you, Nathan. And that's because I mean, there's I, nothing you wouldn't do for me. I, I have heard so many of your stories where you ask for something specific. I know you're not making this stuff up. No. And, uh, and you, you do all that with a smile on your face because you do. You're living in that state of wonder, childlike, little boy wonder, if you will. You know, you're like God's little, one of his favorite little boys. And I think that's the way... He sees this. That's why people like Cat Kerr and some of those, they'll go to heaven and they say, I'm when I'm in heaven on a visit, I'm a little child. You know, so I don't know if you now you were taken to heaven once. Were you yeah. were you grown up or were you a child when he took you? No, I was the same age. Um, okay. but I did feel a sense of youthfulness. I I mean, I think I think I um I recognized that 
God was inviting me to see the reality of heaven so that right. I would be able to be even more persuasive with the gospel. And so there's a reason that he shows people heaven. Um, there's a reason that we have certain encounters. It's because he knows um, how specifically he wants to use every single person. Yeah. Um, and if he's calling you to win the masses, he needs to give you an encounter with hell and an encounter with heaven. I've seen both hell and heaven. And I'll tell you, heaven's so much better. I did not. I was mad when he took me through hell and he showed it to me. He showed me the reality. I saw the we weeping and the gnashing of teeth, the, the dampness of the dungeons. Uh, yeah, I saw the fires, all these fires and dark and dungeness. And it was so terrible. And people were literally weeping and they were gnashing their teeth. Like, and, and there, there was chains, there was whips. It was like, it was the worst thing I'd ever experienced in my life. And when I came out of that spiritually, I, I yelled at God and I said, really? why did you show me that? And he said, because I desire none perish. Oh man. Oh man. Talk about I mean, I mean, I mean, for my evangelism flame. I mean, I saw that. I saw the reality. And there's a lot of leaders that don't want to talk about it. We might turn somebody off. You know, what if they perish for all of eternity because of malpractice? Matter. Because we didn't tell them the truth. I would rather tell people the truth and try to come from love so that they can never have to see what I saw. The Lord said, I showed you that, Nathan. Because I desire none perish. I don't want anyone to ever have to see what I showed you. I don't want them to have to see it for real. But they have a choice to reject me or accept me. And I am the way. And I will show them the open door. Sometimes the open door is as simple as saying, yes, God, I believe I need you. You know, you don't value the rescuer until you actually see that you need rescuing. That's why these people who are trying to take hell out of the gospel, it's like, you know, you're not, you're, you're stripping the motivation for people to want salvation. People don't need to be saved if there's nothing to be saved from. Well, and so God designed hell for the demons. About, you're not worried about scaring somebody out of hell. You you just as soon scare them away from hell. It I don't want to. Like I don't want to use fear to send them into heaven, but I do want them to recognize that there's a real hell. I've seen it, and it was terrible. And when the Lord took me through heaven, Steve, I was like, woohoo! There's a party going on in here. I mean, it was so incredible. I could talk about heaven for days. I don't really? like talking about hell, but I knew well, enough I do, to where. Before we leave hell, I do want to yeah. ask you a question about that. Yeah, Did go ahead. Did by yeah. any chance show you anybody's process that, that, that got them there? Like, did he show you anything like that? In when hell? He, yeah, that he showed you this person. I came to them a hundred times. And well, anything like yeah, that? Yeah, nothing specifically that I can think of other yeah. than just knowing God, knowing his ways. You know, he made hell for the demons. He didn't make it for people. He, he came to die so that we would be able to live by just receiving him as our savior. So the Bible says he desires none perish. Some people misjudge God and say, why would a good God send good people to hell? He doesn't send people to hell. People choose to go there by rejecting the Christ who is the king. Jesus is the way, not a way. He's the truth and he's the life. In order to get a life, you have to have him. In order to know the truth, you have to know the person of truth because it's where truth comes from. 
And it's like if you have a compass that doesn't show you true north, it's worthless. You got to have the standard. You got to know the measure. You got to know who Jesus is, what he says. And when you know him, then you know God. And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen my father for I'm yeah. in him and he is in me. So when people say, oh, there's a lot of ways, you know, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of ways. Like if you're in, in, if you're driving down the road and you're trying to get to an address and you put it in your maps and, uh, you know, there's sure there's more than one way to get there, but there's not one fast track way. And God factors in knowing everything, where the incidents are going to be, where the accidents are going to be, where the slowdowns are. And he knows how to navigate us to get to the place much quicker. So the real acceleration is not about a season at all. Like people say, you're in a season of acceleration, not for the rebellious. So the, the real acceleration has to do with, did I obey God? Did I yield quickly? And did I respond to him fully? And if not, you, you can you know keep on working at that and learn to develop a willing heart. Um, but the Lord deals with the heart so that we can become more willing to respond to him so that he can do amazing things through us. And I think a lot of people that are frustrated and feeling stuck and maybe uncertain with the times, all they have to go back to is the basics. Get in front of Jesus every morning and just ask questions like a child and believe that you can hear him. I mean, my favorite thing is to teach people to hear the voice of God. That's why I write books. That's why I travel all over the world when, when you know, it's inconvenient a lot of times yeah. and I adjust everything to go. And the Lord, he's like, teach them to hear me, beloved. Teach them to obey me because that's when you're living the great adventure. So good. So good. Well, we're close. We have about 10 minutes we can uh, put together. But do me a favor, since we didn't know exactly where we we're going to go. Um, I, you, you mentioned that you could talk about heaven for days. We got 10 minutes. Okay. Share, share what, cause you know, we've had Kat Kerr on, we've had, uh, Kim Robinson on multiple times. Okay. Other people, uh, All right. Told their stories, but I don't know that I've heard one from you. Okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you one that I think is what the Lord's showing me. Okay. okay. The Lord okay. said, Nathan, I want to customize your adventure. Come away with me. I said, Lord, where, where would I go? He said, come to the Olympic National Forest and I'm going to personalize your adventure. So I got in my uh, car. Somebody gave me a $100,000 Audi because I gave away my Suburban and somebody <laughs> gave me this nice $100,000 Audi and I it was free. It will give you everything. I know, man. I've given away so many cars, I boats, now planes, right, Steve? Yeah. And I'm believing for another plane exactly. now. Exactly. Um, but, you know, it's like you, you give stuff and you get the same kind of thing back. The Lord said, you want cash? Then give cash. You want, you know, you want watches? Give your watches. You want suits? You get. So you're going to reap what you sow means the same type of thing. But anyway, so I'm up there in the mountains and I'm just like, okay, God, um, what do I do now? And he said, go to the go to the forest uh, service and uh, ask the forest uh you know, the little forest station where the rangers are. And he said, get a map. So I get a map. I open the map. I say, okay, God, where do I go? He says, go to road 27. So I, I went to road 27. It said NF 27. So I get up to the spot way up in the high country on road 27. And the Lord says, did you notice anything about this road that I sent you to? And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, look at the road. And it says NF 27. I was like, uh, yeah, NF is my initials and 27 is my birthday. He said, that's right. You notice. Oh, and I that. said, oh, okay. you're personalizing my adventure. He goes, okay, make a list and just follow the instruction. Make a list of everything that I've ever promised you that you can remember. 
both in my scripture and what I've spoken to you personally. So I simply did what God said. I, I started making a list. I'll never leave you, never forsake you. I love you beyond your capacity to fully understand. I'm with you and I'll um, I'll guide your steps as you look to me. Uh, you know, just everything I can remember. I filled this, I mean, several pages. I filled the pages as I'm reviewing, because I'm thinking on the things that are pure, holy, lovely, and of good yeah. report. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding is guarding my heart and my mind so I can think yeah. like him. And then all of a sudden, Steve, I found myself so full of gratitude. I saw my gratitude become like a key that unlocked the spirit realm. And I all of a sudden I felt like I was like not in my same position. I was like, it was like out of the body, in the body. I do not know, just like what Jeez. the Bible says. You know, he's like, come up here. Yeah. I'll show you things to come. Well, it's a little bit radical. Like, I don't talk about a lot of my experiences because if people haven't had those same experiences, uh, then they think that it's crazy or why is he saying that? Or, you know, if that was true, then I'd experience it. No, if you realize these things happen, it'll actually build an appetite to desire yeah. something. Yeah, and then you can start to move toward experiencing it in yeah. the same way. So he's no respecter of persons. But anyway, so I'm just sitting there in, in my in my vehicle that somebody gave me the in the Audi. And I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, God, what are you doing here? You're showing me something. And I find myself outside of my vehicle and I'm up on a mountaintop and Whoa. Jesus appears to me on the mountaintop in the spirit. And I'm just like undone. I'm like, that's Jesus. And he's next to me. And he grabbed my hand and he said, I want to show you something. And I'm I'm undone because this is Jesus. I'm up on a mountaintop. We're standing next to each other, shoulder to shoulder. He's grabbed my hand. He's looking at me in my eyes. And I'm looking at him. I mean, you can't have an encounter like this without like having your faith just bursting. You know what I mean? So right. I'm just listening to him. And he, sa he says, uh, he goes, okay. And then I heard the devil say, throw yourself down. And I heard Jesus respond, for it is written, right? That that whole interchange when he was tempted yeah. by the devil after the 40 days of fasting, throw yourself down for it is written, for it is also written. And, and so that conversation, it was like I was there. He yeah. took me back in time to see this inch interchange between the devil telling him this and him responding with the word. And then the devil left. So I saw him in the natural, in the in the spiritual, actually overcome the enemy by the truth. And then the devil left. And then he goes, he goes, are you ready for this? Well, I don't know what I'm even saying yes to. He's engaged yeah. me. And so I'm just saying, okay, yes. I, I mean, I, yes. I mean, it's your Jesus. Of course, yes. That's the answer, right? Yeah. So anyway, all of a sudden, feathers start growing out of our arms at the same time. Whoa. Simultaneously, we mounted up on wings as eagles. Jeez. And he goes, let's go. And now I'm looking at an eagle and I'm an eagle. And, and we like morphed into these eagles and huge eagles, by the way. So we, we come off the cliff and we begin to start flying. We're soaring like eagles. We're going over mountains and plains. We're heading east. We went over to the, over the temple, the Dome of the Rock. All of a sudden, we're over Israel. Uh, he's showing me there's a, a war breaking out over there uh, near Syria. And I said, Lord, what do we do? There's a war breaking out. Bombs. I see bombs, missiles flying back and forth. The dark, the sky got dark. Things are exploding. And, and he's showing me this. And I said, Lord, what do we do? And he says, just release my peace. And he smiled like he's not even worried about it. Whoa. So I just said, I release the peace of the Lord. I release the peace of Jesus because he's the Prince of Peace. 
And all of a sudden, the war stops. So then we shoot. We, and I didn't know in the moment that there actually was a war that broke out. I thought really? that this was just he's teaching me how yeah. to exercise authority, how to agree with God, and how yeah. to you know take our rightful dominion on the earth as it is in heaven to subdue and to take authority. So, I mean, we shot up through a tunnel of stars, uh, busted up out of the earth, and I came to compress like clouds the entrance of heaven, and I see a big pearl, one single gigantic pearl made up a giant door and wow. one big gold handle. And I went to uh, touch the handle. It opened. Jesus was there. I didn't even touch the handle. It just opened before I could touch it. But Jesus is there um, and he's smiling at me and he says, you may enter. So he's basically coming as the door saying, you may enter. And he's the way in. And then I look and there's all these people celebrating me. I'm coming in and they're like, "Woo! it's Nathan. Like they all know who I am. You and so because them. the great cloud of witnesses and all the people who went oh. before us are watching us on team Jesus running the ball, just like Hebrews 11 and 12. And I'm wow. just like, oh, my goodness, since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, run yeah. the race marked out for us looking unto Jesus. So I'm just looking at this and I'm just like, I'm undone. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I knew each I knew people's thoughts and they knew my thoughts and I didn't have to say a word. We were able to communicate back and forth, spirit to spirit. Everything was alive. The colors were vibrant and, and bright. The Lord says, he goes, go. He, so he releases me after we enter, and I start flying, and I'm looping the crystal sea like an eagle. And then I flew down underwater, and I could breathe underwater, and I could see all the life that the water was teeming with life. And, and, and I was just amazed. So I'm looping. It's like, I'm on a roller coaster. I'm like, Whoa, like this. Crazy. And if I would have been with somebody, I wouldn't have probably allowed myself to experience this. Cause I would have been worried about maybe what they thought or sure. what is he doing? Is he losing his noodle or what's going on? <laughs> no, no. I was experiencing something that was extremely rare to me and valuable and, and God was giving me all kinds of revelation. And actually, my faith went to another level after this divine encounter. But my goodness, I said, Lord, what else do you want to show me? He says, well, how, how would you like to see your house? And man, he took really? me into my mansion. I floated up over the steps. The door was open. I walk inside. There's this swirling gold dust over the surface of what looked like compressed marble. And there was a table, Steve, that was so long and it was full of food. And I heard the Lord say, <laughs> I, oh, heard, I, heard, I heard him say, it's all non-perishable and you don't need to eat to sustain. You eat to enjoy, taste Whoa. and see. And Whoa. I began to take of the food from the table. And he said, it's every kind of food that you've ever loved and then some. And so I began to partake of different things from the, I didn't have any silverware. I used my hands and somehow <laughs> it was acceptable. And I was eating the food. And I literally saw the food grow back because in heaven, there's no shortage. There's no limit, no lack. I'm taking from the table uh, what God had prepared for me. And he's and it literally grows back before my eyes like and it's like I didn't even touch it. And I'm just like undone by this. There's no flies. There's no you know, what I mean, it's non-perishable. So I was I was floored uh, just to be amazing. able to see this and to see the people and see faces of people that I I knew that were on the planet. And I believe that there's people who you don't think made it and they're there. I believe right. there's some people you think made it 
and they're not there. So really? there, there's people that people don't realize who makes it. God is is looking and judging mm. the thoughts and the intents of the heart, and and not so much somebody's past that He forgave. And sometimes people at their dying bed, their last breath, yeah. they say Jesus. And those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Wow. Somebody could even think Jesus and not even say it with their mouth, but actually have Jesus hear that they just gave an agreement that he's going to be their Lord. And it's unfortunate some people would wait till the end of their life when you could experience heaven on earth now, wherever yeah. you are in life. When you went into the mansion, is this something that when you go to your mansion one day and they hear by sweet by and by, will you recognize the room? Is it that? Oh, yeah, Steve. I'd know that house no matter what. It looked like the White House. It was big. It was white. It had steps going like this. It Whoa. was glorious. It was large and it was along the Crystal Sea. And there really are streets paved with gold. And I know there's going to be people who think, oh, he's nuts. I can't believe he's saying he saw it, you know, whatever. It. But, I you know, know, the reality is, there's so much more than what most people have dared to encounter. Yeah. When you think about the house that he chose for you, had you ever pre-thought I'd love to live in a big, a big white house with that looks like the white house? Had you pre-thought well, that? Well, that you I don't think I thought about it, Steve. It's like, okay. you know, I mean, I'd be okay just to be there. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now back to the show. You know sure. what I mean? So to the kind of house and the size of the house, I believe that the Lord knows what we desire because he himself put it in us so he could yeah. reward it. And sometimes you don't even know what you want, but God knows what you would enjoy. And he, he gives you that because he's so good and kind and gracious. And I think a lot of people just misunderstand God and then yeah. they cut themselves off from their favor and the grace that God wants to bestow. And so I would say, don't limit God, believe big and, and go back to being childlike because children they just believe you if you tell them there's a Santa Claus, even though there's not, you know, it's like he's God's the one that God's the one who can reveal things and just reward childlike faith. And I love I love that, that the Lord is pouring his spirit out on all flesh, like right now on the planet, like never before. He's revealing himself to people. And there's always more, more of everything good that comes from God. If you say more God, I, I do this all the time. I say, Lord, more, I need more of you. I must decrease so you can increase in me. God, I don't need you to do anything for me because you've already given me everything for life and godliness. I'm okay with how things are right now. But if there's anything I can do for you, what can I do for you? What can I do to serve you better? How can I love you better? How can I give somebody a cold cup of water and do this yeah. unto you? Lord, show me who they are. Show me who to call. Show me who to reach out to, what to say, you know, and just being willing to be led, I think is the key to success as a Christian, because there's a ton of people out there trying to figure out how am I going to make it through and they're in survival mode. And the Lord's saying, you're not supposed to survive only, but yeah. to thrive with me and to be a mighty overcomer. And sometimes you just got to think right. And that's what I love about God is he helps us to know how to think and how to process. Now, I know and there's so, thousands, thousands and I, thousands of people watching right now. I'm wondering if you would say a prayer yeah. that you're praying for these thousands of people that says, I <laughs> want everything Nathan said today. I want that. That's what they're saying. Amen. Okay. Yeah, so. Well, the Lord told me he's going to heal. There's a person on this show. I believe it's a woman. And, and I saw the word diverticulitis. 
And the Lord is healing that condition. And the way you can receive that right now is a word from God is you just say, I receive my miracle by his stripes. I'm healed. And if you'll just say by his stripes, I'm healed. You'll notice you'll get better and better and better. But I specifically heard the word diverticulitis. And I don't even know what that is, but he's healing it. You will not have that condition. And it goes for any other condition that a doctor spoke over you or through you. Uh, it wasn't long ago. My dad was jumped on the show for a little bit with me. Uh, he was healed of stage four cancer, three kinds of stage four cancer. Uh, he was healed of throat cancer, bladder cancer, and kidney cancer. Uh, they asked if they had the right patient. They did x-rays. They didn't have to do the crazy surgery they were planning to do that was very dangerous. And my dad has a clean bill of health. And then a man came to the tent for the Awaken the Planet pre-rally, and uh, he was a pastor. And, and he came in there. He could hardly walk. He was looking John and white and pasty, uh, moving very slowly. And the Lord said, the healed shall be the healer for me. And so I said, well, who do you mean? And he says, ask your dad to pray for that pastor. And my dad and I laid hands on the other pastor who had also uh, stage four cancer. He just came to the church last week and he testified. He has wow. no cancer. Stage wow. four is stage zero cancer. And he's literally living the dream now, full of faith, full of fire. Uh, so appreciative. His, his faith is lit, lit up. His life is back. His skin tone color changed. And his wife is off her chair. I mean, that whole family has mm -hmm. been lifted. And that whole community has looked at that spiritual father being healed by my dad and, and by Jesus flowing through us. And my goodness, I mean, that kind of stuff will change a city. You know, you start yeah, wow. moving in the miraculous instead of making an excuse for why things don't happen. And you'll start seeing a momentum that will never be stopped. And so I just believe that. So God's healing you. If you have cancer right now, just say, I received that prophetic word as the testimony of Jesus as the spirit of prophecy. And I receive my miracle also. And I command cancerous cells uh, to, to be removed from bodies, all misalignment in the cellular level. Uh, be removed. And I command the cells to come into agreement with the word of God that says, by his stripes, you are healed in Jesus name. Woo. So, good. so, so, so good. All right. You've got a couple of things to share books. Either I've got a graphic, but you go ahead and call up what you're, what you're going to share here. Yeah. Oh, there you go. They're all right there. That's awesome. There okay. okay. So by the way, this is uh, the book series that I've been releasing uh, around the world. And you can go on that website right there, jot that down, you grab a piece of paper and a pen and just jot that down. And what you do, if you want to sign up, we have so many, by the way, if you're a partner with our ministry, you make the ministry possible, sending me into the nations with the gospel, miracles, signs and wonders, following those who believe and we're seeing a massive outpouring of the spirit like what we've never seen before. Uh, we're planning many new crusades for this year. So follow along on the website there. Um, and if you want to take advantage of this partner special, you get all those books absolutely free uh, just signing up uh, on a monthly basis. So go take advantage of the partner special. Um, I, I just love to give personal prophetic words. If you're waiting for one of those, um, I'm moving as fast as I can, but I'm trying to give every single new partner a, a gift of a personal prophetic word, not a generic word that everybody gets. And so if you would like that, or if you just love to learn to hear God more, um, take advantage of that offer. It's really, really worth it. So many people send me messages and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm in tears. I can hear God for the first time. Yeah. Nobody has ever taught me to hear the voice of God. So that's the series. Uh, it's not meant to be a secret. Un unlocking the door of God's voice in your life. 
And then, of course, this book is the third of three. And these all these books are very powerful. There's about a thousand uh, really glorious pages of content. And I know just reading through these, you're going to you're going to hear God very clearly. You, guaranteed. you have an event that you're going to talk about that I see a graphic for an event. February yes, we're planning uh, another Awaken the Planet event coming up in February. Um, the information is on your screen if you want to mark your calendar and join us. Um, people will be coming from all over the world to join us. Uh, Comfort Inn and Suites, uh, Tacoma. Uh, that's February 24. Just remember, we're in 2024. The 24 elders threw down their crowns. There's something really powerful that will happen at this event. If you're looking for more of God, if you want an impartation for moving in the gifts to bear the fruit of the Spirit, um, this would be a good one to, to come to. Don't miss it if you can help it. Uh, get there. If you If you don't have resources to get you there, just ask God to pay for it, and he will do it. Um, but that's the information. Go on to the website there, NathanFrenchMinistries.com, uh, and then you can uh, you can register online, and also you can get all the, the book series sent to you for free, just signing up to partner on a monthly basis. And by the way, let me just give you a word, Steve. I felt like God said just to prophesy um, over the network for Elijah List. So oh, good, is that okay yeah. to do? Yes, Two please, minutes, yeah. yeah. So Father, I bless um, Elijah Strange, Elijah mm, List. Yes, I thank Lord. you, God, for all the people that are serving, uh, all the people that are uh, working for the, the different ones, Elijah Fire. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you would just pour your spirit out through these airwaves, God. Thank you for the new facility, uh, even yes, facilities Lord. that will open up in the future. And we just pray your grace and your favor on them, on, on the work of their hands, uh, yes, on the Lord. drilling of wells. And Lord, I'm just asking that you open the windows and doors of heaven yes, over every person in the audience, even on a replay. Oh, 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 oh. And I just pray for your glory to come. Saturate yeah. them, God. Saturate them with mm. your fire, God. And maybe you want more of God. Here's one of the ways yeah. you can receive more. Just say, Jesus, fill me to overflowing. Yeah. Yeah, fill me to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. I repent, I confess any sin, I ask you to wash me. And I declare I'm all in. From this moment on, I'm all in for you. I give you all my hopes and dreams and fears and failures. And I say, have your way in me, God. I forgive myself. I forgive those who hurt me. Thank you for healing me by your stripes. I receive my miracle now by faith. And I ask God that you would have your way in me and through me. And do yes. whatever you got to do to me that I could carry the glory, that oil of gladness, that the joy of the Lord will be my strength. And maybe you have to play that again. Some of you, I, I spoke fast for the sake of time. But when you say, Jesus, fill me to overflowing, he yeah. tops you off. It, the Hebrew word for be filled is be being, which is a continual action verb, meaning to continue to fill up on God so that your cup runneth over. <laughs> now, before I let you go, uh, Julie's reminding me that point seven, you had a quick word about Trump. Do yeah. You know what you said, Trump and uh, vindication. Talk about that just for a minute. Well, I saw a vindication and a validation. So there's a validation that God is bringing uh, to, to the uh, challenges that the world has seen. Uh, in the voting process, how they tally, how they calculate, uh, who's allowed to be, uh, you know, uh, included in that. And because the system is being widely laid bare, it just like a while ago, I said, get right before he shines a light. He said, I'm laying everything bare before the one to whom we must give an account. And so what God is doing is he's literally exposing 
what's happened in the darkness by shining his light on it so that people will recognize and not be fooled. A whole bunch of people were discredited for saying that Trump won the election. The reality is Trump won the election. And whether people like it or not, whether they believe it or not, it really doesn't matter. Um, I don't need people to agree with me in order for me to like them. I love people. But the reality is, is, is God said to me, if your children cheated on the family board game, would you declare the known cheater the winner? And I said, of course not. And he said, why not? I said, because if one of my daughters cheated on a, a family game, then, then they would be disqualified from the win. And he said to me these words, and I know I heard God. And he said, Biden, that's why he doesn't carry the anointing for the office is because he was placed in there by those who are in high positions of power, even the globalist agenda is being widely exposed and God is shaking that faulty foundation so he can reinsert people that will actually fear him and do his will. And so that's why I'm big on teaching hearing God, because if you're in government and you don't hear God, I guarantee you, you won't last long because he's actually shaking everything that needs to be shaken. And he's plucking these people like little plants in clay pots that put themselves illegally into position yeah. and are holding an office. And God will make sure that justice will come and it will come very swiftly over the next few months. You're gonna see people go, oh my gosh, can you believe this? And it's like, yep, of course they tried to stop Trump. A, an imperfect guy that's kind of new in the faith that God anointed and appointed as a bulldozer to political correctness. And yeah. God is using that man and he was stood and there's conflicts and there's controversy and there's a lot of nonsense in the mainstream media about that man. But God chose him to be able to do something on earth, just like in heaven. And we're going to see it. The Hebrides Bible was no accident. And Trump's anointing, that that Barnabas, that that uh, that ruler, uh, that even the name it talks about means ruler. Something about Mr. T, and God's not done, and he'll be brought in, and it's going to be so fun to watch because he's going to yeah, come well. in there and he's going to do what he does. And God is putting more people around him that fear the Lord and that hear God and that walk in intimacy with the Lord. And so I look forward to seeing how God's going to play this Me thing too. out. Me but too. pray for the president, pray for the administration, pray for the transition, because I guarantee you the White House is in a major transition and the evil is being widespread and made obvious so that no one, even those who don't even hear God, no one will will question if he won or not. That's It's all coming out. It's all coming out. We're going to see what we believed for, which is that he actually did win. And so many other people that that won that, that are made to look like they didn't win because their their politics didn't line up with a global yeah. agenda. Yeah. But I'm telling you, we're going to see justice in the land in a huge way. So be encouraged about that. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was Woo! fun. This was a lot of fun. Glory. And, and so glorious is right. Uh, a quick reminder, Johnny Inlow will be with us on Monday. Don't miss Johnny. Uh, we got him yesterday. Or we got him, yeah, for you, it's yesterday. Because uh, it was <laughs> it's crazy. I get mixed up here. And we'll see him on Monday again, too. All right, have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks again, Nathan. Love you guys. Love, Love you, Steve. See you all later. Bless you, bro. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.